how to put yourself in a position to succeed, learning to elevate your vibration to a higher level, and winning a trip to Necker Island and becoming friends with Sir Richard Branson. Welcome to episode 24 with one of the funniest and most inspiring entrepreneurs I know, Matt Mara. You are listening to Len Jones Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at TrueFace.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. What up, people of the world? You already know it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. I want you to go look in the mirror and wipe down all the bad vibes currently trenching your mind because there ain't no room for that today. Today is all about making moves and thinking towards what is possible. Most of the time, we don't even realize how capable we are of achieving extraordinary things. Therefore, we must remind ourselves that the people at the top of the goal we want are no different than you and I in anything is possible, especially in the world of social media where you're literally one click away from a life-changing connection. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold, to educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans, by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life, and second, to have all my friends in my life that are making moves, to meet my other friends in life making moves, to create one giant community of extraordinary people. About six years ago, I happened to see a YouTube video about this dude named Matt Morrow, driving in his car and I was instantly hooked on just how real he kept it. Matt was like this perfect blend of personal development meets comedy that resulted in a phenomenal salesperson. He has made multiple seven figures inside his network marketing experience and has a host of traditional business experiences such as his time working for MySpace years back. Moreover, Matt's just a great people person. Matt tells an epic story inside this podcast of a time he hit rock bottom and found himself inside a charity poker game which somehow he won first place amongst hundreds of famous poker pros the prize a trip to sir richard branson's necker island where he became friends with richard and had a life-changing experience in this podcast matt speaks about how to elevate your vibration how comparison is the thief of joy tips and structure to stay goal-oriented learning how to reset your thermos that as it relates to business and how the Necker Island experience changed his life. So if you know anybody that needs that extra kick in the ass to quit living small and to follow their dreams, then you owe it to them to share this podcast. This is one of our best episodes today. And so without further ado, let's jump into it. We're here with Matt Morrow and the, the man that keeps it so real. And I'm just going to take it back real quick. To yeah. about maybe six years ago, I was in college and I saw a video of you. It was a four minute video of you in a car and you were just spitting straight like <laughs> walk a flock of flames about a business opportunity and it resonated with me hardcore. So you've had a big impact in my life. So it's great to see you doing so well six years later. Well, likewise, man. You know, it's funny. I, I remember that video and you didn't tell me how you were going to start this, but I do remember we met in that business opportunity and I believe you're friends with my friend Shiel out in Boston or something like that. Is that's where the connection is. And I appreciate you reaching out to me and chasing me down to get on this podcast. Yeah, that video, I was driving to Lake Havasu and I was just on a rant and I just threw a camera on me. It was bad lighting and, you know, I wasn't my hair wasn't perfect. But what happened was, is it was just real authentic how I felt 
And that video blew up and got me a lot of views and not so much that, but it also helped a lot of people get inspired to take action. And yeah, that was good vibes. And I was just in a good mood and I was cruising along with my family on the way to Havasu. And I was just feeling super grateful about like, you know, here I am just living the dream reality, like, you know, wife of my dreams, kids of my dreams, car of my dreams, boat of my dreams, on the way to my, you know, house at the lake. And I'm like, damn, none of this wouldn't have happened if I had stayed skeptical, stayed in nine to five, you know, not been open to opportunities and so forth. So I, I just kind of let her rip and, uh, and that was the video. So I'm glad you had a chance to watch it. And that led us six years later to this podcast. Definitely. And like, you're just such a happy person. It's hard to create such like a, a humor and, and happiness inside. You're just the type of person that when you walk into a room, you just light it up and you're very authentic in that, in that way. And I think that a lot of time people see your life and they think, holy crap, like, you know, look at Matt. He's living in a penthouse, I believe in Vegas, right? Is that where you're at? Yeah, I don't live there. I just use that for events. We do have a really cool penthouse in Vegas. It's me and a couple partners. And then I live in Henderson in the suburbs uh, in a nice, nice pad up here too. But yeah, <laughs> let me just touch on that if I might for a second though. Because I mean, thank you again for the kind words. I'm happy, you know, but I mean, I have my days where I sit in bed and like binge Netflix and I'm like, oh man, you know, the price of Bitcoin tanked. I'm not as rich as I was last year or whatever whatever like you choose to bum out on. I mean, one thing I would like everyone watching any podcast to realize is every single person is human. You know, I used to work for Tony Robbins. He's a total beast. He's probably far and away the best speaker, like one of my mentors and, you know, but he's human, you know, I mean, he got divorced. Uh, you know, Gary V. I remember when BK and I were sitting, you know, with him in a room. I mean, he's a human. He's just a regular dude. But what happens is some people get on a roll and they stay on a roll and they have the ups and downs, but they, you know, they focus on the ups and they, and they stay up. And so just, you know, the reality is, is that all men are created equal and we all have a shot and it's never too late. You know, there's always those, those examples of people. Colonel Sanders is like, like the classic, I don't, you know, all of you heard that, but I, I think that dude didn't start Kentucky fried chicken until he was like in his sixties, you know, he's going around in a greasy suit, you know, to places trying to sell chicken. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy, but we I have my moments, but thank you. You know, it's uh, life is good. Life's what you make it. You know, one of the most powerful things I ever heard early in my personal development career, my wife always says this, everything is how you see it. Nothing else matters. And, you know, some people think, oh, man, if I just had more money, I'd be happy. You know, and this is kind of a Tony Robbins-esque grant, you know, because you, you all this stuff came into our mind from somewhere. But there's people who are rich as, you know, can be, and they're totally miserable. And then some people are like, man, if I only got the w married, then I'd be happy. But, of course, there's people who are married that are miserable, and there's people that are single that are happy. So it's happiness is a choice. And at every moment in time – uh, one another guy that I really liked. Uh, I listened to this 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 CD series by a guy named Kevin Trudeau, and one of the things you know, he's a super smart dude. He's actually in jail now, but uh, <laughs> but hey, I don't know anything about all that. But I know that he listened. He made this powerful CD, like sixteen CD series, and one of the things I took away from that is the most powerful thing you can do is choose to be happy now at this moment. Just choose happiness. So. I don't know how I got on the happiness tangent, but thank you for the compliment. Absolutely. And it, it started somewhere else, though. I'm really curious, like, 
where did the chapter one start of Matt Mara? Like, was there a time where you weren't full of this positive, like this personal development um, siege of knowledge inside of you? Was there a time that you might have just been someone else just complaining about the everyday things and uh, you had a moment where you first got started in entrepreneurship? Can you walk us through like that day that you first like had that aha moment? Like, damn, I can create residual income. I can build my own business. Like, da- like yeah. cool. What's coming up for me there is, you know, like, let's go way back. You know, we were, I was born a poor black child. No, like, <laughs> we all, you know, that's from The Jerk, one of the funniest movies, Steve Martin, brilliant comedian. I love comedy. Um, Laughter is the best medicine. So, you know, we're all kids, right? And we're born and come out screaming naked. And then, and then we see how it goes from there. We'll, uh, drink a little lemon water. All right. I like it. Got alkalized. Um, anyway, so then, uh, so, you know, I, w- I was in elementary school and I think, you know, life was really just good. I had a good childhood. Then I got bullied in like fifth or sixth grade and that really like hurt my feelings. And, and then I had an awful seventh and eighth grade, I had like massive acne and it was like the most awkward human in the world with no friends. And then like in ninth grade and and then like high school, like kind of got in with, the, you know, the cooler crowd, but kind of on the fringes. I'd say that it was like just a typical life, you know, my struggles and so forth. And then I went to college because that's what you're supposed to do. I went to UC Santa Barbara because that was a cool campus with a beach. And then I got decent grades and uh, partied a lot. You know, I developed my social skills, I guess I would say, looking back. And then I got out of college and I just wanted to be rich. Like that was something that I felt like that would fulfill me. Like I always wanted to be like, yeah, prove to those bullies that, you know, that I'm a good person who's not worth, I think like psychologically looking back, that's what happened. Maybe some of you can relate. Like I certainly wasn't born, you know, coming out of the womb, like a motivational speaker and, you know, network marketing hall of famer. I mean, I was, you know, just a regular kid at best. And then college, um, got out of college and then I had a real wake up call. I had to get into the, you know, the real world. So I got a job. I had a job right out of college. I wanted to make a lot of money. So I got a job in a bank, worked at a bank, most miserable time of my entire existence. I mean, worse than junior high probably because every day up to an alarm clock doing something I hated, no passion whatsoever. Someone telling me what to do, you know, when, when I can take a break, you know, the, you know, the drill. And, you know, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., one week a year vacation. I made it for two years and then I tapped out. My friend called me up and said, hey, man, I'm working in Hollywood. We're raising money. We're making horror movies. And and I'm like, that sounds really cool. And I just I just quit my job. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And I went down to Hollywood to pursue a career like an acting comedy movie production. Did decently for a few years. But that's, you know, not everyone can just you know, wave a magic wand and be Brad Pitt. Of course, that's what I wanted, but that didn't happen. And I found myself just completely broke and like, you know, miserable and like, what am I going to do with my life? And I'm like 26 years old, 1989 is the time. And some random dude that I didn't even really know, like, I had back in the old days, you know, you would, I guess still you do the same thing. You put put it on auto trader, but I had a car, like an old used car and I sold it to some guy and we exchanged phone numbers and this was, you know, just some random dude. That was it. I sold him an old car for a thousand bucks or 1500 bucks or something like that. 
And I get this call out of the blue from him. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, and he's talking to me about some opportunity and how I'd be so good at it. And he remembers meeting me. And, and I'm like, random. And, and I'm like, it sounds like one of those pyramid schemes, you know, not into it. And, and, but for some lucky reason, I ended up going and checking it out. And I got into the network marketing industry in 89. And that was my first introduction to personal development. I had never read a book you know, other than like books I had to read for school, but I had never read Think and Grow Rich. I had never heard of Tony Robbins. I had never heard of Jim Rohn. I'd never heard of Les Brown, Brian Tracy. I got introduced to this amazing world of people that were supportive and said, hey, you can be anything you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. So it happened when I was 26 years old. I got into this industry and I had a pretty good you know, success initially. I mean, I had my moments of people not showing up and blowing me off and telling me I was an idiot for being involved in a scam and whatnot, but I just plowed through that. I was just too motivated and ended up, you know, being one of the top earners in uh, my first company and, you know, then lived happily ever after. <laughs> but it's cool because I think it's, you really use network marketing as a gateway. And I think that's what it really is. I think it's a gateway to entrepreneurship. I know for me personally, I got started in network marketing and that led to me getting involved with startups and have since been involved with my startup for now almost four years. And uh, I just love the correlation between what goes into, say, a traditional business and then what goes into network marketing. Uh, network marketing is, you know, one of the most powerful industries ever because you can get started for cheap. You can get started and make mistakes. And those mistakes can help guide and teach you. And you learn so much valuable lessons. Um, is there, Did you ever did you stay in network marketing pretty much in terms of like your primary source of income? I know you're big with investing or did you ever venture out into other tip, different types of businesses? You know, I've been in and out of it, you know, have my moments, you know, one of the unfortunate things about business and life is, is it's like, you know, there's the tides, you know, and it's in and out and, and companies come and go like some people, you know, get incredibly lucky. Let's say, let's say, you know, you got involved with a company that's been around for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you know, I was involved with, um, my first company and 15 months later it went out of business and man, was I crushed. I went from hero back to zero. You know, it was like all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, man, I'm 27. I'm making 30 grand a month. And then it's like front page newspaper deal, total scam, founder arrested, you know? And I'm like, oh, embarrassing. And the people are like, I told you so. And I was like back at the bottom. And then so I, I went and I got a job with Tony Robbins actually. And cause I had really liked the personal development. I thought he was- How did you do that? How did you get that job? I don't know, I was just sitting there like in bed, probably with the covers over my head, just like depressed and like embarrassed that, you know, my my MLM dream had just turned into a nightmare. And I and then probably my wife said something like, you know, get over yourself and get back after it. And, um, you know, I was like in, pretty depressed. And then I, and I started thinking, like, okay, what do I love? What am I passionate about? And I, I really love this personal development stuff. So. I said, I'd like to work for Tony Robbins. And I just started thinking about that. And I started putting it out there and asking if anyone knew him, what about him? There was no social media, but I'm making phone calls. And someone told me like, well, my friend just bought a Tony Robbins franchise up in Oregon. He used to do franchises in the early nineties. And I got in touch with them and I said, you know, Hey, I'm a phenomenal salesman. I love Tony Robbins. I'd love to come and work with you. We met and I just got a job. It just manifested. It took me like two days. And, and then I went to work for him for a while and, 
And then I went into, you know, I'm not to bore you, but I, I, I went into um, selling like videos and tools and cassette tapes back in the day. I sold millions of cassette tapes to network marketing clients. Um, and then about five, six years later, I got the bug and I saw something that I thought was really exciting in the early internet days. And I went back into the field and became a distributor. Did really, really well there. That company went out of business. And then I went to work for MySpace, if you remember MySpace back in the early internet days and got some, did pretty well there, but then they, they shut down my division. We got bought out. I made a little bit of money, went into um, a, you know another internet company, and then I got back into the industry when I met uh, you in this fine company, you know, and I uh, got into Vima in 2006 and uh, – and that just, I just loved it. My wife loved the product and that was a nine year run that still to this day pays us. But in 2015, the company kind of went south uh, a little bit. We had a little problem as you're aware. And then, and then, um, and then I got into the, the Bitcoin space and killed it there and then bought a couple of other traditional businesses. And yeah, so, I mean, I've been in and out of network marketing. It's always been in my blood and I love it. And it's, it's, it's a great way, you know, one of the things I learned when I was doing Bitcoin, I had some extra money. I was looking for companies to buy. I was looking for businesses and it's not as easy as it sounds. A lot of businesses, you can put hundreds of thousands of dollars in and lose your money. You know, network marketing is 500 bucks or less generally, you know, the risk is not as much and the reward can be really big. And a lot of the heavy lifting is done by the company. So, you know, it, I've had a lot of experience in traditional businesses and in network marketing. And to this day, I'm in a couple of network marketing companies and I'm also own a couple of traditional businesses. That's amazing. I think it's really interesting. You worked for MySpace, like back in the day. I mean, MySpace, like when you used to have, you go to their profile, you could have a song. I remember my whole theme, I think I was in like, I don't know what, sixth, seventh grade back then, yeah. was number one spot, Austin Powers, Ludacris. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of that. So did you like back when you're, what's cool about that is you had a lot of success inside network marketing. You were crushing it company gets shut down or what what something happens you go do it again you're crushing it company gets shut down or something happens seems like you have all this bad luck but then you divert and you go into traditional something like working for myspace then you find out that it's not really your passion which fires you up enough to take another step you just never gave up you you know every time you get crushed your lowest points end up creating this breakthrough in your mind do you think that all those things create us like who we are today like would you take those would you trade those experiences for anything i mean i don't know you know it would have been i would have loved to just had like a charmed existence and you know be super thin and ripped and an instagram model and like you know dan bilzerian and on a yacht 24 7 and you know surrounded by those who love me and but the reality is this comparison is the the thief of joy. And, you know, there's some who have done better and some who have done worse. The only thing that you can really do is do your absolute best. Like that's one thing I'm is never give up. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. And I, I smile when I say stuff like that, cause I don't want to sound trite, but maybe someone listening to this podcast hasn't heard some of this stuff. I mean, if you look behind me, there's a bookshelf over on each side of me, there are bookshelves. I've read all the books. I've listened to all the tapes or there's no tapes anymore these days, but I listen to all the audible, you know, and, and, uh, and it's a matter of just, you know, just going after it and doing your best and, and learning from your mistakes and, and keep continuing to get back up. And, 
you know, it, it's uh, it's been it's been a fun ride. Like that's the whole thing is just enjoy enjoy the ride. That's what's really challenging is people can get caught up in negativity. They can get caught up in their problems, and some people just give up, which is like sad. And a lot of people give up, man. Some people give up like in elementary school, like that first bullying experience. Like that was brutal, man. Like uh, they, some people just like check out. The lights aren't even on. Like they're no longer accepting new human connection. They're just like they get some safe world that they can exist in, some nine to five job and some relationship that doesn't satisfy them. And then just like. They're just out of the game, man. They're not going to allow themselves to get hurt anymore. But if you keep putting yourself out there, it's interesting how many um, – like I got a cool story. If I, you mentioned this, and I, I think this was, this was a real turning point. Here I am. Um, let's see. In 2015, how old was I? 50 – two years old. Okay. And, um, Vima had just gotten shut down and my income went from a lot to for a while there, nothing, you know, thank God BK hung in there. He really, I don't think he ever did anything wrong. Now I'm still getting a check every week cause he's an awesome leader who kept it together. But at the moment I have like no money and I have no income coming in. And, uh, I was invited to go to a charity thing, you know, for a $800 donation to a Daniel Negreanu's charity poker tournament here in Las Vegas. I didn't know just another night I was really low on, you know, funds and whatnot. And I had, uh, and I had just gone there. I got dressed up in my tuxedo, you know, it was black tie optional. I think I was one of the only people who chose that option. And, uh, so I was like all like tuxedoed out and some people were like, you know, jeans and a sport coat and whatever, but I was like owning it. And I'm at this, this, this poker event with like, 150 poker pros. I'm a you know amateur poker player. I'm decent, played at home games and so forth. But I'm there in my tux and feeling the vibe. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a St. Jude fundraiser, good energy for a good cause. And I find myself playing in this tournament. And before I know it, you know, there's 300 people in the field to start. That it's, you know, 250, 200, 150, 100, gets down to a few tables. And I'm like pinching myself. I'm still there. I got a decent chip stack. I get to the final table. You know, I mean, I got Mike Matisau, Phil Helmuth, Daniel Negreanu, all these guys I see on TV. It's totally surreal. And they're in my tux. I got some pics of it. Maybe I'll send you. You could put it up in the in the podcast or however you do this. And and there I am, man, just 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 doing my thing. And I end up winning this poker tournament. And the um, funny thing was the first prize was a trip to Necker Island. And I didn't know anything about Necker Island. I don't know. Maybe some of you listening are like, what's Necker Island? You know, and you're like me, didn't even know what it was. It was totally out of my league and not even in my, my consciousness. And so this trip has a $35,000 value a week at Necker Island, which is Richard Branson's home in the British Virgin Islands. And so I'm like, wow, that's so cool. I can't believe I won. It was like 1.30 in the morning by the time this tournament got over. And then this lady comes up to me with a paperwork to sign. She's like, yeah, you won. Okay, great. You got to write a check for $10,000 for the taxes on this trip. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have an extra 10 grand right now. I got no cash flow. I'm like, ah, that sounds really cool. So I write a check for $10,000 for this trip that I won. <laughs> and um, I mean, can you imagine? It's just, yeah. Weird, but it was one of those moments in life. And if I hadn't accepted, you know, the invitation to go to that tournament and so forth. So I go to the I long story longer, I go to the Necker Island 
And the first night I sit down at dinner and who sits down next to me, but Richard Branson, like, I didn't think he was going to be there. So here I am just little old me, you know, sitting down next to Richard Branson, coolest dude in the world. Like, I mean, we just have the greatest chats and we're having breakfast, you know, a couple days later, we play in a poker, uh, not poker tournament, a tennis tournament. Him and I win the doubles tournament. It was just like, I was out of my mind. Like, how's this happening? And then I realized it's like, you know what? we're all the same. Nobody's just a regular dude who just, you know, he was telling me his story, how it all happened and how he started his airline because a flight got canceled and he wanted to go meet this girl. And he's like, he's like, man, I'm not, I gotta get there. And so he chartered a DC 10 and got everyone else who missed the plane to kick in for the gas. And I'm like, that's sort of how I roll. Like I just roll with the punches. And then, and then the Bitcoin thing happened and that was really cool. And then me and some friends, we bought our own Island. And, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. circle back. You guys bought an Island. Yeah. So we were going to, we were going to buy an Island with, with Richard. We were going to buy 10% of one of his islands. And, um, and then the hurricane came. So like, we're all set to fly, to go to, to Necker Island, then go over to Mosquito Island and, and, and look into buying this lot. Um, you know, so he, he bought this Island called Mosquito and he, and he, it's about a hundred acres and he divided into 10, 10 acre parcels and it's pretty expensive. And, but we had, you know, we had the money together and we were going to buy this Island or this, this, this lot on Branson's Island. And then that hurricane came that just wiped out both of the islands and our trip got canceled. It was that very week. And so my wife's like, wow, we're in the mood to go like to someplace tropical. So we like looked and we found someplace that didn't have a, a hurricane go on. We saw Belize. And so she and I just hopped on a plane to Belize, never been to Belize. Actually, I have my shirt on right now. It says, you better Belize it. Funny point. <laughs> and, uh, and I go to Belize and we found this really amazing island that was like half the price of just the lot in the British Virgin Islands. And so we ended up buying this resort in Belize and it's turned out to be like the most fun I've ever had in my life. So you don't ever know the twists and turns that are going to come in life. But just if you just think big, you realize you're just as good as anybody else. Nothing has any meaning except for the meaning that you give it. Like if you decide you're a total failure, loser, whatever, then that's going to be your reality. If you decide, you know, that you're awesome, then you can create that reality, you know. Which reminds me of another story, but I'm getting on a roll. Dude, here. dude, that was I just that was ear candy. Keep this coming. Keep keep going. <laughs> keep keep whatever I gotta do to keep that, just keep doing that. That was amazing. Well, this is fun, man. I love sharing stuff with people and and, and um a, kind of a funny story about along those lines of, you know, you create your own reality, whatever, you know, whatever you believe to be true is true. I mean, that's that's the reality. It's all in our mind. I mean and you can, I mean, I've read so many books and listened to so many things on that. But but one of the funny stories is like when I was a little kid, um, you know, my mom jokes that I came out of the womb talking, you know, I was always very outgoing and, and verbal. And um, and then I remember some there was some kind of a discussion I had with my mom. And it was like she told me, you know, you're a genius. And because I had I maybe was someone had hurt my feelings or I was down or whatever. And she says, listen, you are a genius. And uh, I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you took that test, you know, before you, when you were getting into right when you were getting into elementary school and you scored off the charts, you're an absolute genius off the scale. And I was like, really? And so like she planted the seed in my mind that I was a genius, that I was so bright. 
about 35 years later, like I remember uh, I was like in my 40s and we were at Thanksgiving and and we were having some spirited debate. I'll be read it that disagreement. And she had had a drink or two and and was getting feisty. And, and uh, it was like the you know, who's the alpha and that as you get older with the parents. And then I, and we were having a disagreement. And I said, well, listen. After all, I'm a genius, so I'm right here. And she's like, what makes you say that? And I was like, well, you know, you told me that I took that test and, you know, I was a genius. And then she says to me, she's like, oh, I made that up. I was just trying to boost your self-esteem. That was a big thing in the 70s. And so my whole life, I thought I was a genius. And it was all just a big lie that my mom had made up. But it served me. You know, so it's like, just have beliefs that serve you. Don't Put beliefs in your mind that don't serve you is my best advice to anybody listening to this. Like you can decide what's real for you and then just go and create it. Man, yeah, that decision is is so powerful. It's like the Santa Claus effect. You believe everything's true. And if you think it's true, your life is so much cooler when you believe in Santa. You know, it's just so much cooler when you believe in Santa. Uh, it's crazy. The one thing that you bring up about the entire experience, it seems like you can level with anybody as long as you believe you can level with those people. Like you win this tournament, you're surrounded by these, in your mind, superstar humans, but when they're next to you, they're just regular dudes. And you realize they could be, they could have been your homies your whole life. You would have done difference. And next thing you know, you're chilling with Richard Branson, who's, you know, among the most freaking famous, popular, successful person in the galaxy. And he's just a normal dude. So do you feel like, just having these experiences every time you almost kind of level up and realize that you become more comfortable in your own skin, you're able to be more comfortable in more just unique situations. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there, you know, there's a saying, one of my mentors said, you know, your net worth can never exceed your self-worth. And then there's that, that talk that I'm sure you've heard those who are listening, you know, you talk about, you've got your own, your thermostat and you're exactly where you believe you should be in life. Like some people have a $30,000 a year thermostat. Some people have a $50,000 a year thermostat, a hundred thousand, a million, whatever it is. And what tends to happen is we'll create our own reality. So if things start going too good in your life, what some people do is they'll start to sabotage it because they're uncomfortable. It's like I have the thermostat set to 30 grand a year. Here I find myself making 40, 50 grand a year. They'll start showing up late. They'll start having a couple extra drinks. They'll start doing whatever it is. And they'll bring themselves back down to the comfort zone. And then if, for example, they drop down too low, let's say they get down to 15, 20,000, they have trouble paying the rent, then they'll kick in the afterburners and get back up to 30. So you can reset your thermostat as you go through life. And I found that I've done that several times. You know, I've just realized the, the Richard, the Richard one was just so profound because he is an amazing guy. And I'm sure, he's, you know, he's just he's an extraordinary human. He's one of the most famous people on the planet, but so down to earth, so authentic. Um, and I find that that's like to me, the most attractive quality in a human being is authenticity. I cannot stand fake people fake people when people are fake and phony or stuck up or anything like that it's just so awful and when you're real that's the most attractive quality in my opinion and richard was just super real and and i just sat down and we were just talking like old friends you know and it made me just realize now i'm not a billionaire yet but uh i do know that it's possible and i'm going after it still i i'm obsessed with 
animals and i've seen many different videos of just the crazy wildlife outside necker island were you able to hang out with like all the lemurs and all those stuff there so he's got the lemurs which are really cool and um you know so they're like monkeys i didn't even know what a lemur was and yeah we just we went in with the lemur in the lemur cage and he's got the giant tortoises and he's got the pink flamingos and i mean that place is that place is amazing like everyone should put that on their bucket list um go to Necker Island. They only open it up to the general public, I believe about six weeks a year. They have what's called celebration weeks that you can pay for through Virgin Limited Edition experiences and uh, just Google it. And it's about, I think it's about 35,000 for the week for a couple, but it's mind blowing. I mean, it's all inclusive and I'm not talking about like all inclusive, like cheap Mexican tequila. I'm talking all inclusive, like Vouve, champagne and caviar. Um, we were at the bar eating caviar, like, you know, and then they then they ran out of caviar one night. They were so apologetic. And then they had a boat come in with some more like two days later. Um, yeah, it, it was it was awesome. That that place is just I mean, yeah, the wildlife is is super cool. The the staff is unbelievable. Like they have this philosophy, like anything you ask for, they don't just say yes. The answer and they're all most of them are British. So like my wife's like you know, I'd like to go perhaps off the island and go on a hike. You know, do you think we could arrange that? And they're like, of course you can. Like, of course you can is their answer to everything. So she wanted to go on a hike. They took a boat, got an ice chest of champagne, took a bunch of us on another boat to another island, to led us on this amazing hike at the end, had champagne. And I mean, it's just like fantasy world. Um, put it on your list. So one thing that's just insane, there's only a handful of people in the world that are actually have are, are making huge efforts and making it a reality to go to space and explore space. One of those being Richard Branson and his stuff. Did he like just in your guys conversation, did he bring up like any of that stuff with space travel and his beliefs on that? I, it was it was definitely like discussed. Um, there was one girl there who who had already put the 250 grand down and was like on the list to go to space. I mean, the people that I met there, it was just it's amazing. You know, you meet some big some big dreamers, some big thinkers. And um, yeah, it wasn't something that we spent a lot of time talking about, but I um, I know he's super into it. I, I saw him speak again later uh, at an event here in Las Vegas where he had just been out in the desert like testing some rocket you know ship or something like that i mean it's it's amazing what you can you know what you can do and it's sad how some people like don't do anything and then some people go to space and we all have pretty much the same potential so that experience all of that going to the hold'em winning that tournament hanging out with branson did you feel that it just elevated you to a new level of belief in yourself? Were you like kind of dreaming bigger than ever after that experience? I'd say so. I think I'm reluctant to do and you know, whenever I'm having an opportunity to do something like this and share some, some you know, whatever it is, knowledge or experience, I guess at my age is um, I think it's all just real subtle. You know, like um, one thing that I, in my old age here I've gotten to be really sensitive to is the vibration of things, you know, and I think if you just elevate your vibration and you start vibrating at a higher level, I mean, I think the vibration that surrounds, you know, a person like Richard and an island like Necker, it's a very high vibration. And, you know, if you go into a place like, oh, this is random, but I never don't say what, so I'm in, I'm in Vegas the other day. And um, I found myself at the Hard Rock Hotel. I had to kill some time for a few minutes. And 
Um, Richard just bought it and, and I was like, I'm going to go to the hard rock and play some slots for a few minutes. And I was waiting for someone to get to the airport or whatever the case may be because the hard rocks by the airport. She's like, well, I heard it was closed cause it's turning into a virgin hotel. And I drove by, no, it's still open. Uh, so I go in there and immediately I was struck just like with like a really low vibration. And I just felt, I just felt like, you know, bad energy, low vibes. And it, and it turns out it was like the the porn convention was in town and it was like this, the sleaziest lowest energy that you could possibly, I mean, I, I apologize if there's anyone in porn, I'm not being judgmental or whatever, but I'm just saying like, it was just, you got to just be sensitive to the vibration that you surround yourself with and what you're trying to accomplish. And I just do my best. You know, they say, you know, you are, you know, your net worth or whatever's going to be the average of the five people you surround yourself with most. And I just say, just surround yourself with good vibes. I, I try not to be around any people anymore that take energy to be around, you know, like some people in your life are just friends and it's just free flowing and you just can be yourself and it, and you feel good. And then other people just seem to suck your energy and they just want to create drama and they want to talk about their problems. Like so strange You meet some people and all they want to do is just tell you some story that you know they've told a million times that you didn't ask to hear and they just tell you this depressing story it's like people like that are toxic you know just don't be around that is you know i don't want to get too advicey here but that's that's what came up for me with that that question yeah for sure mosquitoes man they just suck the blood out of you yeah just being around good people associated which is another reason circling back why network marketing is such a powerful profession is because you're able to get that that those good people, those good vibes. And a lot of people really need to have a reset in their friends and the people they surround themselves with and, and just get back to it. And it's cool that you're you got deep into the crypto space clearly at a phenomenal time in life. Um, I don't really know too much about crypto personally. I know that every one of my friends is involved with it. But I do know that, um, you know, it's growing ever changedly and the people that love crypto love it more than anything in the in the planet. Um, where do you think crypto is heading uh, just in your own personal opinion? Man, you know, the honest answer to that is I don't know. Like I, I am not a tech guy. My son's, you know, really smart. He's the one who manages it all. Like, I mean, you know, we got hacked one time. Someone like took over my T-Mobile account, changed the number and like tried to get into my Coinbase, but couldn't because he had Google Authenticator on there. Thank God. And, and like, he's a super, you know, smart with the, with the crypto and, he, and I, you know, he reads everything and he's in every blog and so forth. I mean, I kind of, vibrationally you know like it was one of those lessons like sounds too good to be true it is almost like in the end of 2017 when it was at 20,000 it was going up every single day or it hit like 19.6 you know it felt like such a frenzy that it might have been a good time to sell but you know then then it's like oh it's gonna go to 50,000 it's gonna go to 100,000 John McAfee says if this doesn't go to a million I'll eat my dick and <laughs> he said that on me and uh and I, and then, then then there are others like Warren Buffett and others who said oh it's going to zero and uh and I was like you know I don't know so it it seems like the the people who are negative on it you know in 2018 were right because it dropped all the way down to under 3000 recently um seems to have hit a floor I really don't I don't think I'm the person to predict you know, it is, it is what it is. It would be kind of cool if it went to a million. Um, and, but you know, who knows? I really, really don't know. It was just an interesting, it was an interesting run. A lot of lessons were learned, you know, with regards to 
what's possible, maybe greed, you know, that kind of thing. I'm glad I diversified out, sold some, did hold on to probably, you know, I wish I would have sold it all at the top, but unfortunately I didn't, but it was all good. I mean, it, it seems like it's good blockchain technology. Smart people say it's the future and um, we'll see. I mean, it, it just, that one's still playing out, you know? Totally. I know a I know a lot more about network marketing than I do about crypto. That's for sure. You do a lot of self-reflection, it seems like. I mean, you've read all the books. You've done the personal development, which is a necessity, I feel like, for anybody that's just trying to level up. It's an easy way to build your your life. There's My favorite audio is The Art of Exceptional Living by Jim Rohn. And he talks about like the second you have a good idea, act on it right away. Like if you want to buy that book, buy that book, add it to your bookshelf. Now, don't think about it. If you want to start that business, write down what that thought is, what that idea is, because it will go better. But you seem to be someone that is um, knowledgeable enough to really critically think about yourself and what you wish you were better at. Is there anything that you wish like your entire life, there's just something you wish you were better at, like a skill you just totally lack that always has kind of nagged you? Hmm. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, discipline, I think is really this, like a really good thing, you know, cause anything, any, they say consistency, you know, is what, what works and so forth. So to be success, like in the areas where I was successful, I've been very disciplined, you know, in the areas where I have not been successful, I have not been as disciplined, you know? So, so there's nobody that's perfect. We all have different areas of our life that we're still working on. You know, like my wife is a Pilates instructor, you know, and she's like up every day at five doing Pilates, teaching Pilates. Then she comes home and walks the dogs and then probably like later in the afternoon, like works out again. And she knows that she was reading me from an article today about like, you know, consistent exercise at four or more times per week, hard exercise, 45 minutes a day decreases Alzheimer's risk. My dad died from Alzheimer's. It's, and you know, she's always give me this information, but yet I know this information and don't do it all the time. Like, <laughs> like I'm really good, like about, you know, do, you know, making that meeting or doing this or, you know, t returning that text or writing that email or making that prospecting call or going and doing that event. Um, but it when you know, do I wake up 45 minutes earlier and hit the treadmill every day? No. So <laughs> discipline is like the biggest key to success. If you, you know, know what to do. And then if you have the discipline to do it, even when it's painful, I think if you have discipline, you could be successful in about anything. Yeah, it's cool. You mentioned earlier about kind of like the idea of uh, your thermostat and everyone's thermostat's different. And it makes me relate to the whole idea that Warren Buffett still drives, you know, a pretty crappy car and has a pretty low exotic lifestyle, but he's able to maintain such a high amount of wealth. His thermostat is set so high. He's so disciplined to keep all those things. That was just some random thing I wanted to bring up. But on a total side note, uh, <laughs> dune buggies. You bought a dune buggy. When the, first of all, where do you buy? Where do you even buy a dune buggy? And then where do you take a dune buggy? Well, this was like it was a Polaris Razor, and which is kind of like it used to be like a sand rail, but now those are pretty mainstream. Polaris and Can Am are both doing really well there. So I I, I love the um, like we used to go to Lake Havasu a lot. And then the kids got out of high school and, and started doing their own things. We sold our place in Havasu in a boat and so forth. And one of the things we used to always do is, is go to the sand dunes. There's a place out here in Vegas called Dumont. There's another dunes called Glamis. And if you've never done a sand dune trip, um, it's amazing. Like, so in Glam or in, excuse me, in Dumont here by Vegas, there's these massive sand dunes. And these Polaris razors are um, 
just so much fun. You're like floating down these just massive things of sand, it's like surfing on sand in a, in a car and it's a four seater. And it, yeah, it's really, really fun. And there's a show called the diesel brothers. I don't know if you ever heard of the diesel brothers show, but those guys came down to our Island and they were really, really cool. And I put up a Facebook post that I was looking for one of these razors. I don't like to, I don't like to pay more than I have to for things. And uh, so they're like retail, like $30,000. The diesel brothers guys are sponsored by Polaris. And one of the, one of their pop, that was there at the island responded to my Facebook post and said, Hey, I get a new one of these things every single year and I'll give you my old one. And he gave me like a screaming deal on it. So I bought it for Christmas and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It looks like a freaking blast. Have you ever been to Dubai? I have, um, you know, Dubai uh, was one of those trips where we were on our way back from South Africa and my wife and I, we, we were on Emirates and flew through Dubai. And I said, well, since we're going to be in Dubai, let's just stay there for a couple days. And so we were pretty much by ourselves and, it, and we didn't really have an itinerary and it, um, and it turned out to be like not my favorite spot. But on that note, you know, the reality is, is like you could have the greatest time of your life in Kentucky, sometimes I've never been, but, or wherever it is, if you're with the right people and I mean, if you're at the Kentucky Derby, you know, or if you're, if you're, if you're, I find that life is just a series of experiences and all about bucket list experiences. You know, for some people, Dubai might be on their bucket list. For some people, the Kentucky Derby might be on their bucket list. Some people, the Indy 500, for some people ballooning in Temecula or diving with great white sharks in South Africa or whatever it is like we all have these things that we know on our list and most people never do them and one of the things i learned in network marketing is the most fun you can ever have is in my experience is to go on a trip with a bunch of like-minded people you know like i've been to the atlantis in the bahamas about 20 times it seems everyone always goes there on incentive trips so you know i've been there and had like okay times, but back when we were in Vima, you know, uh, they had a, a incentive trip that you had to qualify for, and like 200 of us went there together, and we took over like the good section of the Atlantis, and and it was just such good vibes and so much fun, and it's like these experiences, you know, that you can have with other people is what life's all about. The people who succeed massively in network marketing or in anything else, whenever anyone gets rich. What do they do? They travel more, right? Basically life's short. And if you have a bucket list and you never do it, that really sucks. And you need to start doing that stuff. Totally. And it's the idea of setting these like goals that you're always pushing for. It seems the people that reach the, the oldest ages are the ones that wake up every morning and still fold their own clothes or they're, they have purpose. They feel like there's a reason they're on this earth. And I think a lot of the times people get sucked into forgetting their purpose. They start living someone else's dream. And that's the whole idea of this podcast. The idea is that people should be able to do what makes them most happy as much as they can and create a lifestyle that can pay them on a, on a, in a way that makes them the most happy. Some people are comfortable depending on their thermostat. I love that. I'm going to use that so much, a thermostat thing. Uh, some people are comfortable at different levels, but surrounding yourself. Another reason why I love doing this podcast is because it pushes you to constantly meet other people from all over that are making these moves and it totally opens new doors. And you seem to be someone who's a masterful networker. You know, like you can kind of shoot the shit with anybody. And I think that has a lot to do with you coming at people from a very regular angle um on a side note do you have certain goals i know you just mentioned this this new uh venture you're in 
One second, my dad's calling me. All right, there we go. I know you just mentioned this uh, this new venture you're in. Um, do you have like a certain three to five year goals? Like, are you the type of person that like, if I'm like, sh- like, show me your goals and I'll show me your future. Like you carry your goals around with you all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know what the reality is, is that there's no, I mean, sometimes I think some of the most full of shit people out there are some of the people who are, you know, these personal development speakers. So like, I, I don't, I don't do that at the moment. I did like when I was younger and I'm not saying that, that, you know, you have to, but if you do, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. But my philosophy has always been more just like, you know, just do something like, like you, you're doing this podcast, right? Like this is reconnected you and I, people are going to watch this. You never know what's going to happen. But if you were just sitting there doing nothing, nothing would happen. You know, I don't always know exactly where I'm headed at my age. My goal is to be happy. What I enjoy is freedom. So I work towards, you know, having the resources necessary to have the freedom to create the experiences, to to spend time doing what I feel like doing already kind of there. So that's why I've decided to make a business out of enjoying life and showing people experiences cruising around the world. I, I think my, what I'd love, you know, as far as goals, like I set a goal recently to be in the best shape of my life before I turn 60. All right. Cause that's an area where I have, I'm not had massive success yet. So we'll see that's uh that's on my goal list. And yeah, so I, I mean, I have goals, but I mean, they're not like any more like written down in my wallet. I can't like pull them out and say, here you go, Ian, these are my goals, but I have an idea of what's important to me and where I want to go for sure. And if you're younger and just getting started, I mean, it is absolutely true. If, you know, if you, um, a man without a goal is like a ship without a rudder. So what, it, you know, if you don't have any goal, if your goal is to just make it to the weekend to Friday, so you can go out and get fucked up with your buddies, then that road pretty much leads to nowhere. All right. Like, so, but what, what do you want to do? If you wanted to have, you know, your own Island, or you wanted to have, you know, a million dollars in the bank, or you wanted to find the woman of your dreams or whatever your, you know, whatever it is, have that goal. It gives you something to get out of bed in the morning and go after. The most important thing is, is to get out of bed in the morning and start going after something and doing something and taking positive action. Here, check. This is what my, uh, my dad just sent me. This is, this is where I come from. (laughs) (laughs) He sends me this shit all the time. He's balling. He's balling. So, uh, so Matt, uh, I know you're. you're uh, we got to wrap up somewhat soon, but something I, I love asking uh, anyone that's had uh, any high degree of success, and and that could be in financially, uh, could be spiritually. Um, one thing that I'm really into is conservation, and I'm trying to get more into it. I know in about two weeks we're going to be having uh, this girl Daniela Fernandez on, who spoke at the UN on climate change, and and just people really, really making a, a crazy impact. But I love asking people, you know, if you were to be able to teleport, say, twenty uh, back to when you're straight out of college. You'd be able to teleport back into a college in this like crazy moment of spirituality where you sit in front of yourself, yourselves looking at yourself like this isn't real. You're like, this is real. What are the three things, one to three, three things that you would tell yourself and be like, listen, Matt, A, B, and C, follow this, go. Hmm. No pressure. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess you just would look, you'd look back and, uh, I don't know, I'd be like, Buy Google stock and Amazon <laughs> stock. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like one thing I would say is that, hey, this, this is going to happen. This journey is going to happen whether or not, you know, you're ready 
So, you know, get it in gear. Time is precious. Don't waste it. You know, that would be, that'd be it. It's like, you know, goofing off. I probably would do less goofing off and more, you know, being serious, uh, develop relationships, I think is the most important thing. You know, your friendships is the, your gold. And so develop even more solid relationships, you know, um, I haven't done that awful. So it's hard for me to go back and say, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, it, it, unfortunately you can't do that. So what I would say is, you know, just do your best and, you know, and do something meaningful. Like you mentioned conservation. Let me just jump to that. I would do more in the way of, of you know, charitable giving and so forth. You know, we, we are doing a bunch of, of ocean related charity work now through the Branson foundation. We started a foundation, you know, it's like, there's so many gnarly problems in the world is, you know, like all the plastic that's washing up in the oceans and so forth. And this weird seaweed that's growing called sargasm. That's like, you know, ruining the beaches and, and so forth. And it's like, you know, Hey, what can you do to make a difference? You know, there's, there's much more productive things to do than just going out and celebrating and going out and partying. You know, I'll probably do less partying and more stuff worthy of celebrating once you've done it, you know, would have been more disciplined, so forth and so on. But it's easy to Monday morning quarterback it. Yeah, I love that. Great answer. Creating things that you're proud of and celebrating. And Belize, have, do you, have you ever scuba dived? Are you a scuba diving fan? <laughs> All right, one more story. So we have a world-class dive shop at our resort. By the way, it's at www.raykeycom. And it's on the largest living barrier reef, the second largest barrier reef in the world. And so we're like literally a couple miles from the reef out in Belize. And Belize, from, I've talked to lots of divers and they say it's probably some of the best diving they've ever done in their life. Wow. So I was like, okay, we got this island now and let me go out and learn how to scuba dive. So I took the little, you know, go in two feet of water or four feet of water and like learn how to breathe. And I, and I became um, – not certified, but I took the, the resort course so you could go out and go down to like 60 feet or something like that. So we go out on the other side of the reef and, uh, and I'm diving in it, you know, get down there. It's so cool. And it's like my second time I, we did it a second time, a second dive. And then I'm thinking, Oh man, I'm Mr. Expert diver. And this is just wonderful. And I get down and I, and I'm just down about a minute. And then, you know, when you're diving, you learn the little signals like trumpet fish, shark, okay, get me out of here. You know, and it's like, that's one of the things you learn in your, in your certification course. So I, I hear the little bell ring and I look over to our guide and he goes like this. And I'm like, wait, that's the shark sign. And so then he points and I turn around and like 15 feet behind me, there's like this 12 foot hammerhead shark looking at me like I'm food. There's five or six other guys down there and they're just like, you know, later going, oh man, wasn't that amazing? What an incredible creature. Now me, on the other hand, I saw that shark and I just got out of that water faster than any living human being has ever moved in my life. Um, so yes, I do. I have scuba dived. I'm a little bit scared of sharks. And, I, and interestingly, you tend to attract that which you fear. Um, so, you know, don't think about stuff that you don't want to attract into your life because we are very powerful. So I was thinking about sharks. And I mean, the guy that I went, my diving instructor is a master. He's been there forever. So that's like the second time he's seen a hammerhead shark that big. 
Damn, dude, that's awesome. Well, I'm a, <laughs> I'm addicted. I'm going to Bahamas in like a month to do like a seven day live aboard where you just dive three times a day, and it's just like freaking epic. Well, you better. Um, you better come down to our island sometime. Let's go hang out down there and we can talk about how great this podcast was and how it just went viral. It's got millions of views and you became super famous and, and everyone lived happily ever after. <laughs> and we'll dive in. And then we'll play tennis on Necker Island. So in conclusion, if there is one thing, like right now there's somebody working a nine to five job that they might love or they might hate. They might be making no money. Uh, they might just be kind of slaving away, doing something they don't that doesn't give them true passion or they're making Google money, you know, mm-hmm. but deep down in my, in their mind, they want to get started in entrepreneurship. They want to somehow maybe jump in and start a company or, or do something that's for themselves, but they're scared. Something's holding them back. You know, what would you say to that person that's right on the edge of making a massive move on their life? I just say go to mattmorrow.com, fill, you know, read the bio, <laughs> fill out the form, get in touch with me and be happy to help you. <laughs> you know, like, just, yeah, do it. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. I always tell my kid, you know, find something you're passionate about, something that you love doing. And when work doesn't seem like work, that's when you have that massive success. You know, like, I don't think the guys that started Google, you know, went out to start Google um, and, you know, they had no idea, but they just were really smart coders or whatever they were and they got super into the internet and they just did it because they were passionate about it and they loved it um and you got to do what you love you do what you love you'll never work another day in your life so if you have an idea or you have something that you just like it's all you think about and you're just so into it then if you could find a way to make that a business then do it because you'll never work another day in your life. So that's, I think what entrepreneurship is all about is, you know, take something you're passionate about, make your vocation, your vacation, your vocation. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't imagine working a job nine to five for someone else. Like, unless that's what you're like, my daughter, it does has a job, but she's a teacher and she loves working with special needs kids. And she's just amazing. And she loves it. And she doesn't like, she doesn't care about going out and making tons of money. Like that's all her motivation. So some people have a job that they love. And if you're happy, then you've nailed the game of life. Just do what makes you happy would be my best advice. Matt, how can people follow you if they want to get more of Matt Morrow in their life? You know, Matt, just, I, like I said, I just put up a, my website, mattmorrow.com, has a little, a little bio way to reach out. It has my Facebook. I, I'm a big Facebook person. I'm on Facebook. Uh, easy to find. If you type in Matt Morrow, I'll probably be the first one that comes up. I'm, I don't really do Twitter, a little bit of Instagram, but mainly uh, just, you know, just hit me up uh, on my website and email me and I'm really good about responding. All right. Beautiful. Well, there it is, Matt Morrow. Thanks again, my man. That was awesome. I can't wait to get this up and and re-listen to this. So many brain berries. So this is exactly what we're looking for. Cool. Hey, man. Thanks for reaching out. Good to talk to you again and uh, good to see you. And uh, and, uh, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Hasta luego. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.